It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Today is Tuesday, June 28th, 2022. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. When the Sitka Assembly meets tonight, it will consider on final reading whether to put a new cannabis consumer's tax out to the voters this fall. In early May, Assembly members Rebecca Hemshute and Kevin Knox proposed eliminating the standard 6% sales tax on cannabis and replacing it with one that would have gradually increased to 10%. But after hearing pushback from Sitkins in the cannabis industry, they amended the original proposal, reducing the highest tax rate to 8%. If approved, the proceeds would benefit the Sitka School District's Student Activities Fund, which pays for travel, supplies, and other expenses. In other business, the Assembly will consider approving new collective bargaining agreements with the two labor unions representing Sitka's firefighters and electrical workers. The city has been negotiating with the firefighters' union since last November. The new contract includes an average salary increase of just over 8% for employees. The contract also includes bonuses for employees who earn advanced EMT certifications. According to a memo from the city's finance department, the new contract terms would mean a budget increase of just over $367,000 for the three-year period. The city has been negotiating with the Electrical Workers Union since May. The contract includes a 4.5% raise for some employees, but their cost of living allowance, COLA, will be reduced. General foreman, line foreman, and journeyman lineman positions will see a $4 per hour cut to their hourly rate to help fund a higher employer pension contribution to the Alaska Electrical Pension Fund. The city's finance department estimates that the increased cost to the city will be just over $1.1 million for the proposed three-year contract. Finally, the Assembly will consider a resolution to support a cleanup of the Tulsaqua Chief Mine Site. The mine is located in British Columbia, upriver of Juneau, on a tributary of the Taku River. The Sitka Assembly meets at 6 p.m. tonight. Raven News will broadcast the meeting live following Alaska News Nightly. Since late April, six eagles have tested positive for the highly pathogenic avian influenza, or bird flu, in Sitka. But only one of those cases was discovered in the last five weeks. Jennifer Cedarleaf is the avian director at the Alaska Raptor Center. She says the most recent eagle that tested positive was found on June 10th, but it takes a couple of weeks to get results. It wasn't acting like the other birds that we had seen had acted. And when we picked it up and felt how thin it was, we thought, oh, it's just a skinny bird, but we'll test it anyway. Cedarleaf says that the eagle's sample came back positive last Friday. She says they've tested every bird they've picked up over the last couple of months, from ravens and crows to pigeons and robins. But so far, they've only found the virus in eagles. With the drop in cases, the center is allowing its eagles some time outside again. Um, It's hard to keep them inside because especially they're used to having this big space and it's been so nice out that it's just, it's about breaking our hearts to keep them locked in. So um, we've decided to keep letting them out during the day and then they go back in their covered area at night. Cedarleaf hopes that cases are on the decline locally. One thing she thinks could be helping? the unexpected heat wave hitting southeast Alaska this week, and the dearth of rainy days this spring. UV light is really good at killing this virus. And because we're in the part of the year where we've had a lot of sunlight during the day, and we've actually had sunlight, (laughs) I think that's really helping that um, the weather's been so nice this year so far.
knock on wood. I hope it stays that way, but it really seems to help. The center is still open for visitation, and while they're not currently accepting outside birds for rehabilitation, Cedarleaf says they may reassess in July and open their clinic back up. She's asking that Sitkins continue to report dead birds or birds that are behaving strangely to the center. If you encounter a sick or injured bird, you can call their emergency phone line at 907-738-8662 for support. A Norwegian cruise line ship hit an iceberg on Saturday. Coast Guard divers in Juneau assessed damage to the 2,000-passenger cruise ship Norwegian Sun. Claire Strempel reports for KTOO. A spokesperson for Norwegian Cruise Line said the ship was engulfed by dense fog, limiting visibility, when it hit an iceberg near Hubbard Glacier. They say it was a growler. That's a small iceberg about the size of a grand piano. The ship had a... uh... A uh, uh, severe judder. Passenger Jason Newman of Atlanta, Georgia, said the fog had cleared when he felt the impact. It, you could feel the strike, and then it, it you know, sort of uh, uh, lifted minorly. I mean, I wouldn't say it rolled heavily, but you know, there was definitely uh, indication of an impact. Newman said the ship limped out of the bay and all the way to Juno at 10 miles per hour. He tracked their speed using a phone app. The ship skipped its scheduled Skagway stop the next day and reached Juno on Sunday night at around 5 p.m. He said passengers did not hear from the captain until the morning after the strike, when he confirmed the ship had struck an iceberg. Newman says passengers were allowed a five-hour shore leave Sunday night in Juneau, but were confined to the ship on Monday. He had planned a jeep tour in the morning, but... And they told us that it was delayed, that they couldn't get the authority to approve us to leave the ship. They'd canceled the entire uh, tours for everybody on board. Newman said tour buses that had lined up that morning to take passengers on shore excursions all left empty. On Monday afternoon, the cruise ship was moored at the Franklin Street dock in Juneau, where Coast Guard divers were assessing the damage. Petty Officer Lexi Preston with Coast Guard Public Affairs said after the assessment, it will be up to Cruise Lines Agencies of Alaska to determine what will happen next. Reporting in Juneau, I'm Claire Strimple. Covenant House Alaska has provided shelter services to homeless youth in Anchorage for more than 30 years. Now they're opening two new buildings to provide job training and longer-term housing. Alaska Public Media's Katie Anastas took a tour of the new space and has this report. CEO Allison Kerr says Covenant House leaders started thinking about this project years ago. They'd been providing short-term emergency housing and food at a 60-bed shelter since 2013 and they were planning their next move. And as we were really looking to reimagine ourselves, we went to see a bunch of programs in the lower 48, and we were like, you know, um, programs that had redesigned themselves. And we were like, if we could find, if if you could do it over again, what would you do? The answer was combining long-term housing with job training. After a year of construction, Friday marked the opening of Covey Lofts and Covey Academy. The two buildings sit on either side of the Covenant House downtown. Kerr says the idea is to give the young people they serve more independence while keeping them connected to services. During the pandemic, we realized that congregate setting was not the safest space for our young people, nor did it give them the independence. Um, But yet we also realized that some young people needed family and community around them so that their independence could be supported. Covey Lofts is a four-story building with 22 apartment units. Starting in fall, they'll be open to anyone from the Covenant House shelter, aged 18 to 25, in need of long-term housing. Each room has a full-size bed, a TV, a microwave, and an in-unit bathroom. The building will be staffed 24-7 by Covenant House employees.
the micro units are like a really cool walk-up apartment, so to speak, for a young person. And then we also realized that, hey, there's the connection between education, employment, and training. Next door, Covey Academy offers vocational training in a variety of industries. There's an industrial kitchen where students can prepare for culinary jobs. And then this is our training kitchen. Chief Program Officer Heidi Hubert leads a tour. This is our training center where young people... There are classrooms where they'll learn about writing resumes and cover letters. There are conference rooms where students can have interviews or meet with elders. And there are high-tech simulators that let students try out driving big rigs or operating heavy equipment. Which is really exciting so our young people can get their first taste of learning what that might be like. And, uh, you know, if they really get into operating a crane or a cat, this is an opportunity to then continue their education and send them to those classes to get their CDLs and some of those higher um, certifications. The housing units are upstairs. So we have 19 of these units here upstairs that are uh, single occupant. They all have their own private bathrooms and little kitchenettes. Down the hall are a laundry room, a gym, a kitchen, and living rooms. The 19 people who will live in this building will be working on long-term training at Covey Academy. Partner organizations like the State Department of Labor, the Anchorage School District, and Nine Star Education and Employment Services have offices in the building. Kevin Ryan is the president of Covenant House International. He says the project is the result of a city and statewide collaboration. This all came about because there is a big movement of people in this community who want to make sure that no kid is on the streets alone. This is a public-private partnership that brings together folks from the business community, from civic associations, from government, and the members of the board of Covenant House Alaska's directorship to help young people build the scaffolding of their lives so that they can sustainably overcome homelessness. Kerr says it's important to remember that one size doesn't fit all when it comes to preventing and addressing youth homelessness. She and other leaders hope these new spaces will provide more opportunities for young people to have a safe, stable, and successful future. In Anchorage, I'm Katie Anastas. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News. And now taking a look at the weather for today, Tuesday, June 28th, 2022. Today, mostly clear, areas of fog in the morning, highs in the lower 70s, northwest winds 10 to 15 miles per hour. Tonight, partly cloudy, areas of fog late, lows in the lower 50s, northwest winds 10 to 15 miles per hour. You're tuned in to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Good morning. (laughs) 